Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Praise the Lord. Well, we already know the title. The title of tonight's message, Be Nimble to Occults and Their Symbols. This is going to be a part four And I promise, I shouldn't even promise because the Holy Spirit could take over, do whatever he wants. Amen. But I'm going to do my best uh, to wrap this series up tonight. Uh, I would like to start out by making a small correction. Last week, Brother Allen spoke to me and said that the, the opening scripture was wrong. I had said Matthew 4, I believe it was 21 through 23, and it turned out to be uh, Mark 4, 21 through 23. So uh, for those that were making notes, please correct that. It's very important. Uh, You know, uh, the word of God needs to be accurate and correct. So I'm going to be starting this evening, and I checked it. I back checked it. We're correct tonight. Matthew chapter 10. We're going to read verse number one in that chapter, and then we're going to read verses five through 22. Uh, I would give you a moment, but I would imagine you probably have that by now. Amen. If you have it, say amen. Praise God. And the word of the Lord says, at verse number one, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Let us now go in that same chapter to verse number five. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, Cast out demons. The second time he says this in this chapter. Freely you have received. Freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff, nor for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there until you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to the death, and the father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Saints, you can take your seats this evening in the presence of the Lord. 
I want to begin by just stating a fact. Amen? Part of the ministry of every disciple, of every true follower of Christ, is the ministry of deliverance. We notice that right in the very beginning, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says one of the first things that Jesus did was release the power uh, for the disciples, the power and authority over unclean spirits, over demonic entities. Not only that, but he told his disciples, cast them out. Glory to God. Now, I want to say this because it's very important, especially in deliverance. We are not supposed to play with demons. We're not supposed to entertain demons. We are not supposed to interview demons. Uh, we're not supposed to give them any importance. The charge, the command, the directive of the Lord was to cast them out. Cast out unclean spirits. I see so many preachers, uh, especially on TV, uh, uh, all kinds of people playing games with the things of God. I have a big problem with that. The Lord Jesus never says, uh, blow on them. And they fall down. Pick them up again. Pick them up. Pick them up again. Pick them up. You know who I'm talking about. You pick them up. Pick them up. And they're playing games with, with the people of God. Listen, when you're dealing with supernatural power and authority, it's not your way. It's Yahweh. He's the one that directs the way. He's the one that tells you how to operate in spirit and in truth. And when we start making a mockery of the things of God, there's a problem with that. Amen? So we need to understand that we are to cast them out. Number, uh, uh, this is a, a very important verse of Scripture. Luke 10, 17 through 20. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Let me just say that because we missed that. Amen. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You see, that's the caveat. If we're going to be grateful about anything, be grateful that the blood of Jesus washed over your sin, that he gave you life and that more abundantly, that you have breath in your body. How many know that every day above ground is a good day? In the rain and the pouring rain, the sun is still shining behind the clouds. We, we could choose to, to be happy and be cheerful, or we could choose to, to be miserable. God gives you an opportunity. While I have breath in my body, I had a dear brother, Pastor Gene Curtis Bivens. My brother, I love that brother. He went on to be with the Lord, but he wrote a song. He says, while I have breath in my body, I will sing praises, sing praises remember we used to sing that song praise God but the reality is if you have breath in your body this is the time to worship the Lord do you know there's power and authority and dominion that is released when you worship God when you start to praise God the demons they run and they flee in terror because it's like a cannon pointed at the gates of hell it paralyzes and praise and worship paralyzes the enemy it's a wonder to me why we don't praise the lord more often hallelujah remember in matthew 10 1 he says the first words to his disciples he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and then he continues and he says to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. What that tells me is that there is no sickness too great for the Lord. There is no disease that is too great for the Lord. That means all sickness, all diseases are curable in Christ Jesus through the blood of Christ. And he gives you and me the authority to go and pray and release the power of God onto the people, the flesh. Hallelujah to heal our flesh. Glory to God. Amen. Now, I want you to understand, and this is very important because it's very tricky, and, and people could start to believe the wrong things. The disciples 
have no power to heal anyone. The disciples have no power. I, I'm not talking double talk. I just want you to follow me here. On our own, we have no power. You don't have any power on your own to cast out a devil, to heal anyone, to do anything on your own strength. Okay? It is only through the power of God that flows within the disciple, that flows in the believer, that heals the sick, that raises the dead, that casts out devils. Never, ever, ever think of yourself more highly than you ought to. For Jesus himself took upon himself the form of a bondservant. He humbled himself to the point of death, and even a shameful death, a death on the cross. He never made himself of any reputation. And so many prophets out there, so many preachers out there are selling prophecies for the right price. I'll give you a, a prophecy. I'll write you a prophecy. I'll give you a prophetic word if you throw me a little love, love, something, a little something, something in my hand. That is an abomination. Freely you have received, freely you give. Amen. It is the Christ. Paul and Silas said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have. I give to thee in the name of Jesus rise oh you don't want to get up give me your hand and pull them up and make them stand to their feet amen we have power and authority but don't get it twisted it comes through Christ and not of yourself we are endowed with power and authority in Christ alone you have to understand that before we could move any further in tonight's class all power and authority comes through Christ. That's why he deserves all glory, all honor, all power. It all belongs to him. Let me give you a few illustrations. There's a man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. He was a famous, world-renowned Christian evangelist. He was used in numerous types of healing ministry. Thousands of miracles are recorded. Uh, seven people were raised from the dead. The Lord used this man greatly. He was a powerhouse in the things of the Spirit. But do you know how he died? He died of kidney stones, which is something that today can be very easily managed with our modern medicine. But I believe that God allowed him to die. And that, believe me, I had a kidney stone a couple weeks ago. It was not cool. And when it came out, it was like a little grain of sand. I was like, what? All that was causing all this trouble, all this pain? He died of, of agony, I would imagine. But that was to keep him humble so that he wouldn't think that he, he wouldn't think he had the power to raise seven people from the dead, that he was the one with the power to heal thousands of people in the years of his ministry. Think of this in Scripture. Paul, the Apostle Paul, didn't he go to the Lord and he prayed earnestly three times because he said, I have a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, a buffeter to buffet me day and night. We don't know what that thorn was, but it was something ungodly. It was something uncool. And he prayed earnestly that God would remove it. And what did the Lord say to him? My grace is sufficient for thee. The thorn was never removed, but I would imagine it was that very thorn that kept him humble, that kept him low, that kept him mortal, that kept him uh, on level ground so he never got above himself, that he never got high and mighty uh, uh, and arrogant. Remember the, the word of God says a little leaven leavens the whole loaf, right? We cannot allow ourselves to get puffed up. Look at John the Baptist. Here's another example. John the Baptist. Many people started to look at him. They actually asked him, are you the Messiah? And they started to follow him like he was the Christ. And he ends up uh, uh, preparing the way of the Lord. I'm just a voice in the wilderness. Jesus Christ, out of his own mouth, said, out of all the prophets, there is none greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist did not do a single miracle in his whole ministry. All he did was tell people, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Behold, the way of the Lord. And all he did was prepare the way word of the Lord and what he had to say wasn't comfortable what he had to share people didn't like it and it ended up costing him his head he was decapitated because he pointed out the sins of the king he had taken his brother's wife and was committing adultery and he pointed out the sin and the king had him put in jail we know Salome the the, the, the dancer and her gift was like I'll give you up to half of my kingdom ask me whatever you want she said I want the head 
of the Baptist. And the Lord allowed him to be decapitated. Why? Because John the Baptist is not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. So all throughout the Bible, God kept people humble. And he wants us to stay humble. We're going to be able to do great exploits in the kingdom of God. But never get it twisted. Never ever start to think of yourself, wow, I must be something special. I, I must be something special. Wow, I've got amazing talents. Woo! I've got a lot of money in my bank account. I, I, I've got a great uh, ability. I, I, I'm a great orator. You, we could easily start to rely on our gifts, and then we worship the worship. We worship the gift instead of the creator. And that's a dangerous place to be, people of God. Can I continue? Hallelujah. We start to look at the rest of the verses. In, uh, 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 he says, he alone deserves all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Uh, uh, so we got to understand that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If you are simply obedient and you just do the next thing in obedience that God tells you to do, uh, you will always be in the perfect, uh, sanctified will of God. So many people are saying, what's the will of God for my life? What's the will of God? And they never know. And years they go on praying. I still don't know what God is calling me to do. The reality is, what are you doing? If God drops something on your lap, I want you to do a study uh, on the word grace. Are you doing the study? Are you actually digging through the scriptures? Are you writing it down? Or are you still saying, but I still don't know what that means. I need more clarification. Let me put a fleece out before the Lord. No. And this is why we wonder why we are not hearing from God. Is God saying, I want you to do a study on the word grace. I want you to do a study on the word grace. And, and because you haven't listened, who knows that a week from now, two weeks from now, the pastor says, oh, by the way, I want you to speak. You know what? The, the theme is grace. And if you were listening, you would have been in the perfect will of God and you would have been prepared. Yes, pastor, I'm there. Count me in. But because we don't listen, we're like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I? And we start to panic. Come on, get it together. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor in here. Tell him, I hope he ain't talking about you. Praise God. Praise God. Let's go. Verses uh, 5 through 22, which we read. All those different things. He says, you're going to go into cities. Some of them will receive you. Some of them won't receive you. Don't take money bags. Don't take purses. Don't take anything. Just go. And where they uh, enter and, and receive you, give them your peace. Where they don't receive you, shake off the dust from your feet. The very dust that falls will testify against them. It'll be easier for Sodom and Gomorrah than for them on that day of judgment. Praise God. But I want to focus on the last words. He says, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. That's why, saints of God, while we walk in power and authority and dominion, it doesn't mean that we don't walk in attacks of the evil one. This past Sunday, we had a whole message about wearing the armor of God, the armor of light, putting up your shield of faith with which you can quench the fiery darts of the evil one. I guarantee you that as much as you draw close to God, it's going to come even harder. Amen? We need to endure hardship, endure persecution, endure suffering and trial, and endure it valiantly like great and good end-time spiritual warriors. This is the time of victory and not defeat. It's the time when the spiritual forces of wickedness, the principalities and powers, they got to know who you are in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. They need to know that when you wake up in the morning, they go, run. Brother Dell just woke up. Run. Run for cover. We got to get to a place where they're running away from you because they know the first thing you're going to do is wake up and give God glory. Wake up and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And you begin to pray and thank God. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. It'll start to shake the demons in their boots. We are equipped to go and destroy the works of the enemy. Let me tell you something. My wife and I, Fran, Pastor Fran and I, 
uh, this was years ago, we were asked, there was a person that kept calling our old church. And apparently there was a couple that broke up. This girl wanted to serve the Lord, but her boyfriend was a satanic priest, literally in the arts, the, the black arts. And they broke up and he said, I'm going to put a curse on you and you're going to have no sleep, no peace, no happiness, no joy. And ultimately, you are going to call me back and, and make me come back to, to move in with you again. And so he left and he thought he was going to put this voodoo hoax, hoax on her or whatever. She began to call the church and time after time, there was nobody answering the phone. And one time the pastor had asked, hey, listen. Can you and your wife go to this woman's house? Uh, and he explained to us the, the whole story and said, she needs deliverance. And, 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 and I want you to go over there and pray. And, you know, I said, okay, praise God. My wife and I, we said, let's go. Give me the address. We went. We called her. We met. The minute we walked in, we're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. We're like, listen, that right there, that needs to come down. That right there, that right there. All that stuff. Those are all occultic symbols. These are bondages. These are portals that are open. Blah, blah, blah. We're taking all these things down. And she's telling me, I'm getting pinned on my bed at night. I'm hearing voices. I'm hearing screams. I'm hearing this. I said, those are all demons trying to scare you, put fear on you. But if you have truly received Christ, she goes, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We prayed. She received Christ right in her apartment. We prayed. We thanked the Lord. And then she goes, there's something else I got to show you. This piece of paper. Now, he had taken a paper bag and ripped it and wrote his number on a paper bag. That paper bag had his name and his phone number, nothing else. She said, he said that I would take this paper and that I would use this number and I would call him. And I never want to call him. I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. I said, well, let's burn the paper. She says, here, I took a lighter and I went, Shh. and I held it up. The paper would not burn. I did it again. And I'm talking, I'm holding up a piece of paper and a flame, probably like 15, 20 seconds, and it's not lighting. And I'm looking, maybe there's something on the paper. I light it again. This is three times. The paper would not light. Now I understand I'm dealing with some demonic strongholds, some devils that didn't want that paper. So my wife and I, what did we do? And we started going into tongues, praise God, our heavenly language. And we went on and we started praying, praying, praying. And this girl probably was freaking out like these people done lost their mind because she probably wasn't used to that. But we were praying in the spirit. Next thing you know, I took that paper. It lit up. It burned up like nothing. Praise God. You have to understand, when you're dealing with demonic forces, you have to be girded up. You have to be prepared. The dark forces are real. And they, they try to linger in the supernatural and in the natural. And they do things to amaze and weird things to try to freak people out. But the reality is, there is a real dark force. We have power and authority over it, but it will show itself. My wife and I, the very first 30 days of our ministry as pastors, we were invited to go and minister at a church. I'm not going to go into great detail, but what happened is during the service, the pastor asked me to pray for her husband. This was a female pastor. Her husband was there. And she said, can you please pray for my husband? I said, sure. I go over. I'm praying. I put my hands on his chest. As I'm praying for him, a woman in the front seat began to scream. Ah! Ah! A really high-pitched screaming sound. Very, very scary sound. In my inexperience as a pastor, I had no idea what to do. I just decided I'm going to keep, keep praying. I'm not going to let the demon interrupt. And as I started praying, now she throws herself on the floor and she's slithering like a snake on her back. At this time, my wife and I look at the pastor. The pastor looks at us and goes, I don't know. She's born again. She's saved. I don't understand what's happening. I said, okay, I know that I can't get anywhere here. I said, Spirit of God, I have to let you take over here. And my wife was standing on the side and I just said a, a simple prayer very quick in my mind, I said, Father God, you need to tell me what I'm dealing with here. What's going on? Immediately, oppression and depression. It was like somebody was speaking to me right in my mind. And I said, amen. I have my wife go over, put her hand. I put my, my hand on my wife's hand. And I said, in the name of Jesus, spirit of depression, spirit of oppression, come out in the name of Jesus. It was no long prayer. 
no crazy, nothing. It was just, just a command. I didn't ask, what is your name? How long have you been here? None of that. This is not a, 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 a 2020 a CNN interview. I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And this woman just whoosh, sat right up. And she said, oh, thank you, thank you. I was being choked. The demon was choking me. It was taking my air. It was a python spirit. You see, the word deliverance oftentimes is, is a word that is not spoken in many churches. And, and some churches, even some pastors, I, I have to tell the truth, praise God. Some uh, pastors will actually tell you, don't use that word here around this house. They'll tell you because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to know nothing about it. Even though Jesus himself said, go and cast out devils. Deliverance is part of the ministry of every yeah. disciple. And there's a, is no wonder to me why churches are being torn apart, why houses are being torn apart, why homes are being torn apart, children, lives. Everything is being torn apart because we refuse to get involved in the ministry of deliverance. I want to give you an, an example. Many people are familiar with this Harry Potter uh, uh, story. But there might be something that you are not familiar with. And this is funny because I was going to talk about this last week and my sister beat me to it. Hallelujah. But praise God. I, I wish I could. I'm going to let her share that testimony. Praise God. But Harry Potter, let me just tell you a few things so that you would understand where I'm going with this. One of the biggest top grossing film, uh, 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 films of all time. It's like a whole series of films. Many people don't know that the author, J.K. Rowling, uh, had, had gone to satanic masses prior to writing the books. And in these satanic masses, she learned rituals and chants, and she literally wrote them down. They put, she put those in the book, and she put those, excuse me, in the films of the Harry Potter uh, franchise. And it's no wonder that these books and films blew up. They made so much money. But what it was was that she put the actual occultic rituals in those books and now, whenever someone reads the books, or whenever someone is seeing the movie, and, and Harry Potter, I believe he has a little wand or something, and when he puts his wand out, and he starts chanting, those are actual satanic enchantments that are being released in the household of Christians and secular people alike. And we are completely unaware, but there is a curse of witches that is being spoken right over your house. And you have no idea. The spiritual forces of wickedness are being authorized to be released in the house with the observers unaware. Now, I will tell you this because every time I talk about people's favorite movies or people's favorite CDs or people's favorite artists, they start manifesting. Now, you're talking about me. You're talking about my favorite artist. You're talking about my favorite actor, my favorite movies. Listen. Stop manifesting. Hallelujah. Uh, grow up. Praise the Lord. Knowledge is power. The truth will set you free. Hallelujah. What happens is when we start to be negative and complaining, what we're doing is we're releasing the authority, the power over ourselves. When, when you complain and when you're negative and when you're murmuring, it wanes on the anointing of the Spirit of God. I'll tell you a, an example. This is why the children of Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years because of their constant complaining. The Lord delivered them from bondage. And they're like, well, can't we get a drink out here? And the Lord pulls water out of a rock. Then they get complaining. So we are we hungry. So the Lord sends manna from heaven. And then they say, man, I'm sick and tired of all this manna. We had it better in Egypt. Can't we get some Kentucky Fried Chicken up in here? So the Lord starts bringing some, some quail from the heavens. And they start feeding them. And you would think that they're hot by the day. So the Lord puts a cloud over their head. They're cold at night. So he pulls a pillar of fire at night i mean what does god have to do to keep you happy glory to god and they all they did was murmur and backbite and complain and the bible says that until that whole generation died their kids entered the promised land but the adults they all died in the wilderness 
And I'm not even talking about their sandals. How many had sandals for 40 years that didn't wear out? Even that, the Lord allowed their clothing to last, and they still complained. I got to tell you, and I'm going to try to move quickly. Praise God. But so many portals have been opened by Christians, by people unaware. They have no idea. But we have to start understanding that these things need to be closed. There are so many Christians that have been dabbling in the occult and may not have even known it. There are people uh, uh, with Buddha uh, statues and, and, and horoscopes and, and you name it. What's your sign? I'm a Sagittarius. What's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. I bind that in the name of Jesus. You know, we, we, we look at horoscopes and fortune cookies and all this nonsense. We don't have any idea that we are opening up portals. We have to close the Wiccan portals, the Santeria portals, the voodoo portals, the false religions, the horoscopes, the psychics, the fortune tellers, even magic. There's no such thing as good magic and dark magic, black magic. It's all an abomination. The Bible calls that spiritual adultery we need to be prepared for unusual things to happen especially when you're casting out devils or when you're casting out spiritual forces of wickedness they're going to uh, uh, try to fight back I remember that once I started this particular series, uh, I, I told you a couple weeks back that I started to hear footsteps. And I'm the only one in my house, and there was footsteps. And I'm sitting down, I was tired, uh, and I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I'm shouting out from my living room. Then my wife comes home, and she's home by herself. She hears a, a hairspray uh, a bottle fall on the floor. And she goes, oh, no, <laughs> devil. You know how my wife is. She got up, she put paws on the TV, got upstairs. Get out in the name of Jesus. You're not welcome here. Get out in the name of Jesus. Even my little dog Suki, my little girl who looks like a, a big ragamuffin right now. She's quarantined Suki. I can't get her hair cut till June 16th. Praise God. But even Suki has been affected. She'll start, you know, lying down. All of a sudden, she'll get up and look at the door and bark. Or she'll look at the hallway and start barking. She's been vomiting and, and different things has been going on. And the demons know they can't mess with me. They can't mess with her. So they try to mess with my little dog. And we start binding the, the spirits out of that too. I'm not crazy. Hallelujah. Demons have to come out. And, and when demons come out, there are signs that you will know to look for. For example, you will see vomiting. Uh, sometimes people will cough up mucus. Yes. There will be burping. I hate to be gross, but flatulations, yes. right? Uh, a spitting, foaming at the mouth, purging of bodily fluids, spit, saliva. There will be screaming, shaking, crawling, all kinds of manifestations because the demons, they don't want to go. Right. But the signs that they are going are all those that I mentioned. Amen. And you'll see the person be lifted, Come delivered, on, peace, God. peace. And the minute they're gone, they'll be able to worship God. I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The word Jesus will come right out of their mouth. But as long as there's a demon in there, they don't even want to mention the name of Jesus. But we need to be understanding of deliverance. Now, I, I want to say one more thing. I know I'm giving you a lot of illustrations. God help me if I don't finish tonight. But this is important. There was a group in the 80s called Color Me Bad. I'm going to say the title of their biggest hit. It was a song called, I Want to Sex You Up, I Bind It in Jesus' Name. Amen. But for the purpose of this illustration, I'm telling you, everybody knows the hit if you were born in that era. But there were four guys in the group. The one guy all the way to the right, African-American guy, his name is Kevin. Uh, in this video, The Truth Behind Hip Hop, I heard the testimony that this guy ended up giving, uh, giving his heart back to Christ. He was born and raised in the faith. He drifted away, made millions of dollars, and then he returned back to the Lord and he rededicated his life. The group wanted to move on and make some more records and make more money. He says, I'm out. Count me out. I'm a servant of God. And so they were really mad at him. But two or three years later... He's in his house. His wife contacts uh, the pastor, G. Craig Lewis, and calls him at like 2 in the morning, says, Pastor, Kevin, he's bugging. He's manifesting. He's throwing everything around. He's, his whole face is contorting. I called several of the deacons in the church, these big guys, and he's throwing them around like they're feathers. He's throwing them all over the house. The furniture's breaking. I need you to come over here and cast these devils out of him. 
immediately said, I ain't going over there. Are you crazy? I'm not going over there. I'm staying right here. And, and immediately he hangs up the phone. His wife says, listen, you got to go. This is, this is a situation that's very serious. You got to go. And he says, I don't want to go. He's having this conversation with his wife. Finally, the Spirit of God gives him the courage, the boldness. He gets up and he goes over there. He says that during the evening, he literally casted out 41 demons. And he wrote down every single demon. He counted them. This went on for about four hours. At the end, almost morning, at the end of the night, there was still one more demon. And this demon did not want to come out. This was a higher level, a hierarchy of demonic warfare. And then he looks at, at the pastor and looks at him and he goes, what you going to do now, Craig? And he smiles. And his whole mouth, he said he could see the molars, his whole face contorted. What you going to do now, Craig? And he says immediately he felt like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've done everything I know how to do. And he started praying and the spirit and you know what the holy spirit said the demon that's in him now was played in that demon has to be played out remember last week i said music is the only force on earth that could leap into you without permission we sang the folger song we sang the general insurance song right we we, we goofed around about it but the reality is some music, some demonic music was played and it leaped into his spirit and stayed there. And this is why it's so important, parents, when your kids are saying, I'm just listening to the beat. I'm just listening to the beat. There's a demon attached to those beats. These songs have been anointed with blood. They have been prepared. They have been offered to demonic entities. And when the music is being played, it leaps right into your spirit. That spirit had to be played out. I'm going to give you a scriptural reference. David had to play the demon out of King Saul. Because Saul had a demon troubling him at night. And that's how David was brought into the king's court. He played the harp and he played the spirit out. And when he played, the demon would leave Saul. And that was what happened. Some demons are played in and they got to be played out. This is why I'm telling you, because there are different levels of demonic activity that we are not aware of. And so before you get into deliverance, you must have a spiritual lifestyle of fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer is so important for the believer. And Jesus said it himself in Matthew 17, 21, when the disciples tried to cast out some devils. And they said, we tried everything, but it just wouldn't come out. And Jesus, of his own words, said, oh yeah, this type of demon only comes out by prayer and fasting. So I'm about to give you nine steps quickly, nine steps on deliverance. You could write these down. You could also take the video and go back on the podcast if I'm going a little bit fast. But for the purpose of time, I am going to go fast. But, but, but there's a really, really important thing that you have to understand. If you don't have a, a, a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, I would recommend you start developing at least one day a week, or one meal a week, something. It doesn't mean that you have to go starve yourself for seven days and seven nights. It just means you got to start entering into a routine. Jesus never said, if you fast. He said, when you fast. So the, the assumption is that you are building a life of, of routine fasting and prayer so that you would be ready in season and out of season. Now, with that being said, there are nine steps we're going to discuss. Why nine? There's a lot of reasons. I can't get into all of them, but think about it. It takes nine months to have a baby, right? right? When a baby is born, it takes nine months of gestation, and then the baby is born. There are nine fruits of the Spirit, right? Nine. There, there's positives to nine. There are also negatives. Nine in Scripture are positive, and there's also nine in the negative when it's uh, judgment. So nine could either be fruits or they could be judgments. We can't go into tonight, but, but trust me, that's, uh, that's where we're headed. So number one, the very first thing on the list after you've developed a life of fasting and prayer is to make sure that you personally affirm your faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, you must be born again. 
Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Romans 10.9 and 10, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Uh, with this being said, when you are saved, you are immediately sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. You are sealed. And uh, the scripture verses there are Ephesians 1.13, Ephesians 4.30. The second part is sanctification. People have to understand that when you are sanctified, I don't know why this is not working here. Hallelujah. There it goes. All right, sanctification. It's an event. And it's a process. When you come to Christ, you are sanctified as if you have never sinned a day in your life. And then it becomes a process because you're undergoing the process of sanctification. It is complete when we arrive in heaven. It's not just a prayer that you pray, but it's a lifestyle. Being born again is a lifestyle. Dying to self, surrender. Uh, the assurance of salvation, we talked about that on Sunday. Uh, I put those up just for your information. The second point. I'm going to put these up quickly. The second point, humble yourselves before the Lord. First Peter, it says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So if there's a shred of pride or any residue of pride or arrogance, you are going to hinder your own deliverance. So humble yourself before the Lord so that you may be lifted up in due time. Remember King Nebuchadnezzar. He looked over his balcony. He was huffed up with pride. And the, the Bible says he was stricken for a, a number of years and he ate grass like a beast. He looked like an animal. And when he came to, he said, those who are not able to humble themselves, the Lord is able to humble them. All right, number three, confess any known sins. First uh, John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you are not able to confess your sin, then you are not ready to be delivered. It's simple as that. If you are not ready to confess your sin, then you're not ready to completely surrender. Remember that sin only leaves the body by way of confession. You confess the sin out the same way you confess Christ in. Number four, repenting of all your sins. Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Remember Adam and Eve, they covered over their body with fig leaves. I call it the fig leaf religion. They, they, they hid themselves from God, and they, were ended, they ended up being casted out of the garden. Uh, Acts 3.19, it says, Repent therefore, so that times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. Number five. Oh, sorry. Hallelujah. Number five. Forgive all people. It's so important. You must understand this. Uh, uh, Mark 11, it says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. Remember, if Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If he did that on the cross and we're not willing to forgive here on earth, we're making ourselves out to be bigger than God. And it's also going to retain not only the person's sin, but your own sin. And I want you to know that there will be no unforgiveness in heaven. No unforgiveness. People think, I'm not, my father did this to me. I'm never going to forgive him. Well, guess what? Don't plan on making it to heaven. There will be no unforgiveness in heaven. I don't care what anybody did. Yes, there's evil in this world. We're in a world full of sin and wickedness, but let it go. Be filled with the Spirit of God and forgive. Don't hold any record of wrongdoing. Let it go. Forgive people and move on. Don't forfeit your inheritance because you're unwilling to forgive. You are not bigger than God. Amen? Amen. Number six, break 
with the occult and break with any false religions. Deuteronomy 7.26, it says, Nor shall you bring any abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. So we have to look at the words renounce, reject, and release. When you're thinking about the things you in your house or things that you might have uh, uh, surrendered to or things you might have been involved with, you got to say, I renounce Santeria. I reject it out of my life. I release it out of my body, out of my spirit. I renounce anger. I renounce it. I reject it out of my life. I release it out of my spirit. You start to name the things. I reject it out of my life. I renounce it. I release it out of my spirit. You've got to utter those words. Confess the bad out. I release it out of my life. Number seven. And then be prepared to release every curse over your life. Galatians 3. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So after we've released everything, we receive the good from the Lord inside. I receive the forgiveness of my sin. I receive my joy. I receive my peace. I receive the love of God. I receive your mercy now. I receive your grace, O Lord. I receive your favor. I receive it, Lord. I take it. And then you agree to take your stand with Jesus Christ from this day forward. Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We got to start uttering from our mouth. I stand with the Lord. He and I are together. He is my God and I am his servant. And then the final thing in the deliverance, step number nine. At this point, go and cast out the devils. Mark 8, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Remember Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I would say this, and it's very important to understand, and I'm coming to a close soon. The prayer of deliverance. We need to have a prayer of deliverance. With all those steps combined, you need to start uttering the words out of your mouth. You know what it is. And you start praying, Spirit of God, reveal to me what needs to come out of my house. What needs to be forfeited? What needs to be broken? What spells are there on my life? I may not know, but there might be generational curses that my forefathers have done that I'm not aware of. Lord, reveal it to me. And when the Lord begins to, to tell you, start writing it down and then one by one you start praying over those things and pray in the spirit develop a prayer language the prayer of the spirit is a heavenly language praying in tongues the spiritual house cleansing once you have been revealed of what to get out then get it out don't give it away don't sell it on ebay don't let someone else be affected by your sin I, I paid a lot of money for this statue. Let me give it to somebody. I'll sell it on eBay. It's worth 200 bucks. Break that. Burn it in the, in the yard. Hallelujah. Get rid of it. Praise God. Don't let that curse go to somebody else's house. Amen. And this is very serious. It's so important that you understand this. So many people become afraid. When we understand that 365 times in the Bible, it says, do not be afraid. It's a daily reminder every single day of the year. Do not be afraid. We could find comfort in the word. And there's a bunch of scriptures there that I, that I put for you. I'll read some of them. According to the word, this is Haggai 2.5, according to the word that I covenant with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. That means God delivered you out of bondage. Don't be afraid. Uh, Romans 8, for you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by who we cry out, Abba, Father. So we have a sonship spirit, right? Second Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. In other words, do not be afraid. Second um, Corinthians, it says, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. That means you are not of this world. You are normal 
in an abnormal world. That's the way it goes. Amen. You are normal. They are abnormal, but you are not of this world. So come out from among, from among them and be ye separate. Second Corinthians, it says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Remember, Jesus said, Be holy, for I am holy. God is charging us today. Remember that our enemy roams like a roaring lion, right? Seeking whom he may devour. But don't forget to be sober-minded, to be vigilant, right? That means don't pollute your mind with mind-altering substance, not pills, not drinks, not smokes, yes. not anything else, not powder, not nothing. Don't put anything that's going to alter your mind. Stay vigilant. Keep watch so that the enemy cannot come in and devour you. If you need more on that, look at Sunday's message. Praise the Lord. Be on your guard. Know your enemy. Never fall asleep on the job. Protect your family. Protect your friends. Protect your church. Most importantly, protect your testimony. Never let there be a chink or a crack in your armor because it will be exploited and assaulted by the enemy. I end with this. Praise the Lord. 1 John 4.4 you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. Saints of God, God bless you this evening. Glory to God. And I made it right under the radar. Hallelujah. With two minutes to spare. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133 We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.